Welcome back, South Carolina. I'm your host, Brandon Peak, and this is Podcast 1854. Welcome back, South Carolina. I'm your host, Brandon Peak, and this is Podcast 1854. Today, we're joined in the studio by Dr. Kizzy Gibson, who's running for South Carolina Superintendent Education. Dr. Gibson, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you've been all across the state and campaigning and uh, from speaking and uh, so different events, sharing your platform. And so, again, I, I appreciate you taking the time to join us today. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, ma'am. So uh, will you give us a little insight of who Dr. Gibson is, like how basically how you got started and what led you to where you are today? Absolutely. I was raised in Orangeburg, South Carolina, uh, by two educators and administrators. Uh, both of my parents taught for close to 40 years, K through 12th grade and on the college and university level. Um, I chose the teaching profession uh, simply because of my love for children, number one. Um, I felt it was the gift that God had given me to be able to teach and impact students positively. Um, I graduated from Orangeburg Wilkinson High School in 1999, and I chose to attend Claflin University. Um, I received a honors college scholarship. Um, I was under Alice Carson Tisdale, who was a, a huge mentor uh, for me while I was on the campus at uh, Claflin University. But I earned my, my BA in art education in 2003. And I went on to Columbia College, where I earned my master's in education and divergent learning. Okay. And then I decided a couple of years later to pursue my doctorate in education with a specification in e-learning. Okay. Um, but I've taught for over 18 years, K through 12th grade visual arts, and uh, have enjoyed every moment of, of serving the state, because I have taught in various counties, Hampton County, Calhoun mm -hmm. County, um, Orangeburg County, Lexington, Richland 5. I taught as a virtual teacher for seven and a half years, um, and we served students across the state of South Carolina and uh, just had a, a, a wonderful experience at all those different districts, um, being able to just serve as a teacher mentor, a student mentor, a teacher evaluator serving as a um, professional development facilitator, a truancy interventionist during my years as the uh, in the virtual world, and as a um, team lead, education, education team lead. But I feel that the, the role, the leadership role that I, I played in as a student mentor was the most important, mm -hmm. simply because I was able to encourage and shape the next generation at a more intimate level than you would uh, necessarily in the classroom That's with, right. with 25 other students. You know, yeah. you have that, that student, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, whether it's teaching them sight words or going over reading math, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, and just being there for them, I think is, is, was inspirational to me. It inspired me to, to, to be better as so an instructor. Was that a, was that like a program or was that like a, a an after school thing or um, how, is it a certain facility? So like myself, I went to, um, they called it the alternative school, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I wasn't 
I'd say in my seventh grade year, I lasted maybe, maybe a week and a half, two mm-hmm. weeks. And, you know, I was expelled from mm-hmm. the Fairfield County premises, like wasn't allowed game and none of that. Mm-hmm. And so I had to go to a different school where, yeah. you know, and this was back then. So, I mean, there was metal detectors, mm-hmm. you know, we walked in every day, you, you couldn't have book bags. And if you did, it was clear you had, you, right. you got patted down. And um, yeah, so that's, that's how that was. But it was more one-on-one the classroom we only had one hallway mm-hmm. we had one bathroom so it's not like you could cut or go anywhere mm-hmm. but um it was it was it something similar to that with your mentorship well, with it, the program it varied with the districts so when i was in hampton county um i mainly focused a lot of my mentorship with the students that i taught i wasn't necessarily a part of a specific program, but I took it upon myself if I saw the need in a child, um, if there wasn't parental involvement, if I saw them getting caught up in the wrong crowd, Mm -hmm. I on my own made the decision to form relationship with them and mentor them. Um, When I moved back to the Midlands, um, the same thing, it followed me, you Mm -hmm. know, just wanting to to be that listening ear, a, a good source of uh, wisdom for children who are struggling that's important um, because there's a lot yeah. that, that there's a lot of kids that don't get that i was just um stating the other day i had a conversation with someone and i was telling them you know everyone learns at a different rate that's and right. sometimes we need more one-on-one and some teachers they don't unfortunately some are really there for paycheck which Mm -hmm. is almost it's heartbreaking because like these are our doctors our you know our future doctors our future presidents you know attorneys just scientists you Mm -hmm. know the next big thing whatever the case is and they just again they clock in and clock out and so some kids do need that one-on-one or they need that extra you know that that extra time and so the fact that just I mean, from what I've seen out of you, Dr. Gibson, is just you're you're just that kind of person. I mean, this is our first time having a, a, an in-depth conversation, mm-hmm. but from just being around you, whether it be events or just or whatnot, even what I've seen and, and read, it's just it seems like that's just who you are as a person, very humble and very caring. And so that's what we need and and i'm honestly glad to have someone like you in the school system that is teaching on a daily basis because uh yeah we we need that we need a lot more of that you know it's it's i think it takes a a heart number one that that longs to see citizens who are going to be productive Mm -hmm. and i think we have to start very early with instilling character traits in children that are going to produce the type of citizens that are going to be productive and contribute to society positively. Um, my, my mind goes back to one of my first sessions mentoring that I, I recall. I think I was a second year teacher in Calhoun County, which is right outside of Orangeburg County. And I was actually pregnant with my first son. And um, I had a student who was in sixth grade. And we were actually in our pregnancies together. And to hear her, her story of how she had, you know, gotten to this place where she was going to be a a teen mom. And um, we'd actually delivered a day apart. And fast forward five years, we find each other on social media and we reconnect. And, you know, I get the opportunity to just share with her my experience as a mom. And she's talking to me about her experience as a mom. And, you know, of course she's probably 17 or 18 by then, 
but to know that she felt comfortable mm-hmm. enough to reach back out to me and to reconnect and to share those moments because I don't know whether or not there was somebody in her life to speak positively you know, right. to her at that time. And then when we re- reconnected, um, so, and that, that's happened a lot. And, you know, I thank God for those moments because I feel like mentors are extremely important because we, in South Carolina, you know, we always say, oh, we're at the bottom. We're at the bottom, you know, in education. Well, we have to look at why. Why? We have to look at why. And, Find and, the root of the source. Yes, you have, yes. yes, that's right. And, you know, with parental involvement being the number one um, contributor to student success, we do have that issue in South Carolina. Parents are not as involved in it. It may be for various reasons. You know, it may mm-hmm. be a parent that's incarcerated, maybe a parent who's working 12 hours a day, um, or they don't really understand or know the importance of being involved. And so um, I feel that once we start getting parents back involved in the education process and in yes. in their, their child's life period, we're going to see a turnaround um, the research does show that parental involvement is it plays so heavily on whether a child is going to succeed in life um, because their voice as a parent is the loudest voice that that child hears. I mean, even louder than the teacher and their friends. You know, if you are encouraging your child and and really, you know, setting those expectations high, but you know, realistically high. That's right for them. Then you're going to see success. So. You know, we can't change what takes place within the home, mm-hmm. you know, as educators and as a superintendent. We I just I can't change that. However, we can put safeguards in place um, with community mentors. And that's why I'm so uh, big on this certified South Carolina certified mentorship yes. initiative that I, I really want to see take place. Because coming from Orangeburg, which is a part of the quarter of shame, mm-hmm. and there are about 17 counties that are including in that and now um, can you can you explain to everyone what the the quarter of, uh, of shame is it is essentially 17 um, plus or minus counties that run along the i-95 quarter it's bamberg county buford calhoun clarendon um, colton county darlington Dillon, dorchester florence hampton county jasper lee marion Marlboro, Orangeburg, Sumter, and Williamsburg. Hmm. And I have worked in three of those, Orangeburg County, Calhoun County, um, Hampton County, and I did a summer job. Actually, before I took my first teaching job, I got a job during the summer in Clarendon County. And so I know firsthand the challenges, number one, that the students face. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in Orangeburg. I, I know it inside and out. You know, Bamberg County is where my grandmother grew up. I know okay. it inside out. I have family there. And to say that, you know, it's just funding. It's not just funding. Do they need funding? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But the mentorship program would be invaluable to yes. students to see other people who have made a success of their life, how they did it, you know, what character traits that they have that I need to be building in order to be successful is so important. Um, I just, I've, I've, I don't really have to do a whole lot of research because that's, that's where I'm from. Yeah. You know, and I think that's important to have a superintendent who understands the challenges of the, the everyday person, everyday child, and having grown up in Orangeburg, having worked in many of these counties that are are including in, in the South Carolina um, quarter of shame, it's very important to have a 
firsthand account mm -hmm. more than just data black and white data and charts yeah um, we can all go by that and and again i think that's a, a, a lot we look at numbers on a daily basis right and then we make our assumption we give our opinions whatever it is and that that's not necessarily the case we need to find out why those numbers are the way that they are in the first place you and know you only get that by either having lived that experience or firsthand knowledge you know from the view of a teacher yeah and that goes and, back to what you said just yes. a second ago the fact that you are in you know the classroom you are to you have that experience so just the conversation you shared about the girl with the pregnancy i mm -hmm. mean she confided like she you touched mm -hmm. her heart enough to where she confided in you and then to reach out to you i mean to me that that's amazing because that wasn't i mean you said that was what about five years after yeah. so i mean mm -hmm. to know that you were still not only in her heart but on her mind yeah. as well at that time so that's to me that that's amazing and it's it's essential to the success of of our children because it again is. you know you see firsthand as as the kids come in the door every mm -hmm. single day they sit down in the classroom you pretty much have an idea when you look across your classroom you know you can see the ones that are mm -hmm. you know that that might need that help or yep. what's working and what isn't working right. so i think by being in the system like that you know by having your teach every day so every day <laughs> you, you sit there and you bring that approach to it which is to me i think probably the most valuable asset that you can have mm -hmm. you know other than a, a caring you know uh, heart because you have to first off be passionate about it. You have to That's care right. about it. And it can't be about a paycheck. Mm -mm. It has to be about progress. It has to be about change. And right. the fact that you are doing it on a daily basis now, you know, I just said something to the other day um, uh, to the senator yesterday, matter of fact, about teachers not having enough funding to do what they do, but yet y'all still make it work. Oh, yeah. Y'all take money out of your pocket and make it work. Yeah. And there's superintendents, um, you know, over the counties that are making over 100,000, some a little over 200,000, you know, and mm -hmm. based off the per capita, it doesn't add up. And if you go on the you know, if you go on the achievements that are done, mm -hmm. it's just like, OK, uh, this isn't, you know, it's like having a grain of sand on this side of the scale and a brick on the other side. So right. it just doesn't, it not ev it's not even in the same hemisphere. And it, to me, I think that we should find a way to look at those areas and mm -hmm. we should find a way to cut that salary back on some of those superintendents. Because if my school teachers are, you know, if they're, if they don't have the proper funding for stuff mm -hmm. that they need in their classroom and they're having to use their paychecks, which again, you know, we, it, it, no, you know, everyone knows that school teachers, like they, they're, they're not at the top of the list when it comes to money made when, no. they, when they should be, because again, these are the people that are teaching our, our Supreme court justices, That's you right. know, the president, I mean, everyone, entrepreneurs, right. everything. So you should be right there and you shouldn't have to pull money out of your pocket to pay for stuff. You know, I can remember when I started off as a first year teacher in 2003, mm -hmm. I moved to Hampton County um, from Orangeburg County and I was making $27,000 and I could not, <laughs> you know, for the life of me figure out how am I going to make this work? 
you know, and of course, you know, we're years beyond the 27,000 starting pay now, thank God. But you're absolutely correct. I feel like we've become out of touch within mm-hmm. the education system of what the the average teacher deals with. Um, I, I describe it as a pressure cooker. You know, you are, you're dealing with number one in the back of your mind. Am I going to be able to make this salary work for my family? Are we going to survive off of this? Especially if you have children. I have two of my own, my okay. husband and I, we're uh, uh, both work. We have to make it work yeah. uh, t- to survive. But, you know, you're, you're dealing with, you know, children from your community and a lot of those children come from so many different households, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they come with their own set of, of issues. And as the teacher, your, your role is to teach them number one, and then to meet those emotional needs, those social needs. So it's, it's a lot of pressure. Um, and I think teachers have really felt it during COVID. Um, and I don't think unless you walk through that as a parent, and as a teacher, you have a, a good understanding of what the solutions need to be. Yeah, and that's just, you know, I think I always feel that firsthand knowledge, firsthand account uh, births the, the best solutions. That's right. Um, not, not hearsay, not data points, not even interviews, but someone who has lived through. That's right. Understands exactly what it was to walk through that situation. Yep. Um, and, and that's why I feel you know, that I am the best candidate for South Carolina superintendent of education simply based on, you know, if there was no doctor in front of my name, you know, you know, being an expert in in education, that those lived experiences over the last, you know, almost 20 years in education speak volumes. Mm -hmm. It does. And and teachers can grab a hold of it because they know this person truly understands wholeheartedly what it's been like in the classroom. And then as a parent, you know, I, I see it from from that lens as well. What my own two children, I have a a 15 year old and a no. I have a 16 year old. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the time has gone by. Yes. And a, a 13, almost 14 year old. But I'm um, just seeing how education has changed so much from when they started mm-hmm. to where we are now. It's It's been a slow a slow decline. And I won't say it's one thing in particular that's caused it. It's been a lot. Of oh yeah. It's a know, magnitude of things. things that we definitely are going to have to address. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and will they change overnight? Absolutely not. You know, nothing, we don't turn on a light switch and things get better. That's mm-hmm. not how it works. It's that's a, right. a collective, um, everybody working towards uh, the, the same goal, which for us is to, to make sure that we're producing children who can compete, not just statewide, um, Nationwide, that's right. worldwide. That's right. Um, and we have great, great roots and stocks in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I think our children um, are, are second to none. We just have to put those safeties in place to make sure they're given the opportunities to soar um, and to become their, their best selves. Um, that's why I'm a huge, huge a fan of the 1776 curriculum, infusing that into South Carolina. Uh, history and U.S. history. So and the I've, 1776 curriculum. Yeah. Could you go into detail about that um, for us? I have been looking at both the Woodson Center. They mm-hmm. have one for ninth through 12th grade, and then Hillsdale has one for K through 12. But uh, the, the basics of it is that it is factual history. It tells the good, the bad, and the ugly, mm-hmm. um, which includes enslaved people in South Carolina um, and, and across the U.S. Um, it focuses, though, on forgiveness, 
It focuses on personal responsibility, grit, resilience, optimism, courage, hard work, grace, integrity, innovation, all those character traits that have been associated with a flourishing society. And that's what we want instilled in our, our children. We don't want to to promote anything that's going to cause division, that's going to cause or pit one race against the other or one class against the other. Um, so th- that's why I, I really like what what Woodson Center and his Hillsdale both offer. And um, I've actually started talking with people who, who are interested in being a part of a task force to infuse that into what we already do here in South Carolina. So it's not it's not being done in South Carolina right no, now. No, no. The, the 1776 um, curriculum is fairly new, mm-hmm. um, with probably the last two years or so, three okay. maybe. But um, you can can download the curriculum online for yourself. You know, review it. Any parent could do it. Any person could do it, and uh, and really dig in and see what their resources are because they they offer a lot of resources for teachers, for parents, for churches. Um, anybody can access what they have to offer. But, and that's um, that's important. But it goes back to what you said earlier about getting, you know, the parents involved mm-hmm. and whether it's a parent or guardian, you know, someone, because it, it ultimately, like you said, uh, we look up to our parents when we're growing up. Mm-hmm. And so if we don't have that push sometimes, then, mm-hmm. you know, we go to school. I've been in a couple um incidents where I was at doing something at school, you know, we take children to the book fair Mm -hmm. twice a year. And, um, you know, a lot of these kids, they, they've never had the opportunity to go to a book fair. And Mm -hmm. so I always tell them there's one rule, you can get whatever you want, but if it comes on to like, if it's a Disney show, Nickelodeon, you know, something like that, we're going to pass on those, but it has to be something that's educational Mm -hmm. and then I give them 30 days to read it and then I'll come back and I'll, I'll just, I, I have to do the summary because obviously, you know, all those books. And mm-hmm. so, but I go back and, 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 and I ask them, you know, Hey, did you read that book? And then let's talk about it. And yeah. so it's a really good thing. And it's such a humbling experience because uh, to see when you go in there and they give you these cards that they sat there and made. And, you know, I had one, one day it's in my desk in there and um, I'm sitting in the gym, went for an award show later that afternoon and I just took, you know, the two classes that year. I think this was a, a third, a third and fourth grade class. Mm-hmm. And so took them. And as I'm walking in the gym, you know, the teacher come up and said, hey, Mr. Peak, uh, the children wanted to make you cards and stuff oh. today, you know, in their free time. And I was like, you know, yeah. So I was like, oh, well, that's amazing. Wow. And so I start to open them up and I'm going through them. And then I got one and, and it was a letter. And, um, you know, I, I made it through you know, maybe half a sentence and and my eyes started tearing up and I was just like, okay, let me close this because, you know, like I'm going to have to read this when I get back Mm -hmm. to the office. And, but to read that young man's letter. Mm. And like I say, he was, he was in the third grade and, uh, to read his letter and, uh, yeah, that was crazy. Mm -hmm. But, um, it was just, I mean, he had never, he had never been to a book fair before, you know, never. And so to have that opportunity and to, I mean, he was so, he was ready to be examined. You know, he was mm-hmm. like, Mr. Peak, I promise I'm going to read this. And when oh, you come wow. back, I'm going to have, you know, the answers ready. And he was just so excited about that. And now to this very day, and this was, um, this was before I, I was in a wreck. So this was probably 2014, 2015, mm-hmm. maybe, mm-hmm. you know, so every day when I see him or every time when I see him, 
he comes up to me, right? Wow. You know, and, and it's always, hey, Mr. Peak, how you doing? And so to watch him grow up, mm -hmm. you know, because my daughter, they, they were in the same class. And so it, it's like my child too, even yeah. though, you know, it's not, but I, I look at him like, like mine and he knows if he ever needs anything to call mm -hmm. me because I was that child that was on the streets. Mm -hmm. And even though I had my brother and my great grandfather, you know, I had people around, but I, I didn't, my father, I didn't have my father yeah. and my mother lived at the beach. So, you know, she stayed there for over 20, 20 years. And that, that's where I went to high school at mm -hmm. was Myrtle beach high. And oh, wow. then they found out that, Oh, he's not supposed to be in public school. So I had to go to the, you know, back, back yeah. to the, to the alternative school. But, uh, nonetheless, you know, it was, um, one of those things where I needed, you know, those mentors and mm -hmm. things like that. And so it goes back to experience, like you said earlier, and, I, I, mine were like my brother, my great grandfather, and I didn't see it and understand it when I was young because mm -hmm. I thought, okay, well, you know, my brother, he's my brother. He just, you know, he don't want me to have fun. And that's how I looked at it. But yeah. he was, he was trying to help me and, and, and show me, you know, look like what you're doing that this isn't right. You can't yeah. run around the streets, do this and do that. So when I see these kids coming up and I see that, you know, whether the father's gone or both parents are mm -hmm. gone. Because we see that as well. Yes, ma'am. And so, you know, they have grandparents or aunts and uncles, you know, or just family members that are raising them. But yet they can't keep up with the times. Mm -hmm. and, and I feel like that is that is a, a, an issue because things back then it was so much simpler. Yeah. And now it's so complex and it's so yep. easy to you know get away with pretty much whatever yeah, things and move very swiftly now very yes ma'am they they do as and a parent you have to be very informed <laughs> of the newest thing especially technology wise to try and filter mm -hmm. be that filter that you're called to be as as a parent and when that parent filter is not in place there has to be safeguards within the community um to to help lead and guide that mm -hmm. child um, so that they become a productive citizen because that's the end game. Yeah. That's the end game. Yes, ma'am. We have a thing called founding fathers. I don't know if you've heard of it. Wow. Yeah. And so, you know, we're trying to, again, get, get the fathers involved and um, Courtney O'Hara with moms for Liberty, mm -hmm. the Lexington chapter. So it's, it's a subgroup on, on their page. And, this, and again, it's founding fathers for all fathers or just men in general yeah. that want to come out and you know get involved in the community and with children mentorships mm -hmm. and things like that because it helps it helps the community it helps you know it helps the the schools because obviously if the kids feel like they have you know the right guidance then mm -hmm. it's going to reflect when they come in your classroom and That's sit right. down you know and i've had parents take up for children that have sat there and you know cuss their teachers out and it's like okay, how is that the teacher's fault? You know, like that's, yeah. that's not the teacher's fault right there. And you didn't discipline your child, but instead you blamed it on the teacher. Yeah. And, and you we, know that, we can't do that. That sends the wrong signal. That really comes from a lack of parental involvement. Because mm -hmm. if you as a parent or guardian are involved in your child's life, then you would know that this is normal behavior for them, mm -hmm. you know, to to use profanity and to use it towards their teacher to be disrespectful. That's right. Um, but when you, when you see that type of of behavior being displayed um, and that's and to be honest, you see that daily, whether you're teaching kindergarten through 12th grade, it yeah. does not matter. You, you're going to encounter it. 
Um, and when you see parents who are like, oh, no, my child would never. That's a red flag mm-hmm. that you're you're not as involved as you may need to be. That's right. Um, because you would have seen this as a parent. Yep. Um, so that's why there's such a clearing call for parents. Please get involved, get involved. And, in, you know, as as an educator, it's very exciting to see mm-hmm. this wave of parents that are saying now I want to be involved. You know, COVID was horrible, but. You know, there's always that silver lining of, wow, it really shed light on areas where, where as parents, we needed to be more involved and, and have our eyes opened mm-hmm. to what was going on within the classroom. So, yeah. um, and, and it's no disrespect towards the parents or, or guardian, oh, you know, whoever. Not. It's yeah, just, it's just, it's just a statement because right now things are so complex mm-hmm. and like, children need that they need that reassurance but they also need to know that they have someone when they go home that they can depend on or you know they can lean on because that's that's really important because you don't want them having to go outside of your house looking for help because sometimes when they do that Mm -hmm. they get into something that they don't need to get into and they go down a, a whole nother path and that's the ultimate goal is is to uh, again to to offer you guys just as as educators that support you know mm-hmm. in the community. You know, it's uh, a program was brought to my attention called Rise. I think it's very popular in um, upstate, but I think more than more than ever before, we're going to need programs such as that. It's drug prevention type programs. It's a little different from DARE. DARE was more curriculum based, but I'm doing doing a little bit more research on it and speaking with. Um, and lady who who runs the program, but um, I do see a a second wave of of teen drug abuse if we are not yes. very mindful with what they have gone through with isolation um, during COVID. You know, being separated from their friends, the social aspect, the emotional aspect of it all. We've really got to safeguard and make sure that they have the tools necessary and the outlets necessary to cope with however they are feeling about what they went through yeah. um, during during that time. And so definitely that's that's in the, the scope. As superintendent, I would like to implement several programs to um, support the students of South Carolina. Um, and one that I mentioned before was the Certified Student Mentor Initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, and also one that's not... Um, you see it a little bit throughout South Carolina, but it's student to student mentors. And that's where you take a high school junior or senior and you allow them to establish those mentoring um, character traits. Okay. And they they mentor um, elementary students, whether yeah. that's going in to help them with reading or sight words um, or math. Um, I would love to see something like that implemented throughout our state because I think it helps build what we want to see in our future um, citizens is it being does. able to mentor. And it plants that seed yes. of just going out because mm-hmm. it starts it starts in the school, it but does. it it is going to overflow into the community. That's and that's, right. like you said, that's that's what we want. That's and we, we want. have to plant those seeds that, and, and, and let them grow. That servant leadership type of attitude. Um, that's what we definitely want to see. But I want to also increase support for the creative arts, mm-hmm. um, whether it's visual or performing. I think that that pl- plays heavily into student achievement. It does. Um, students who are able to operate on the higher level of Bloom's taxonomy, which is creating um, you see greater results because that's with that being the highest, if you can get a child to operate in the creating realm, they should have no trouble 
in any other um any other course and that makes I, sense. Yeah, yeah it does and we've i've seen that um in Orangeburg, you mm-hmm. know, in the part of the corridor of shame, you know, we've, I say we, my parents had students who came through their art program and, you know, they were in their fifth year of high school, you know, were told they weren't going to graduate or, you know, came from really bad situations and they really developed a love for the, the visual arts and they were able to experience success um, on many levels. And, and many went on to four-year college, two-year tech school, you know, became entrepreneurs, all because they were involved in the creative arts. That was their outlet. Yeah. Um, so I definitely want to make sure that South Carolina is pouring into um, creative arts programs in the high school and middle school level. Um, also, increase, I want to increase support for technical schools and trade schools. I, I think was about it's to vital. ask you about trade schools. Yes. I was because oh, as a contractor, you know, yes. and then I, I took Brick Mason and, uh, but my wow. dad, you know, he was, he was a contractor. So mm-hmm. I grew up in the business and then obviously I said I wasn't going to do it, but every job I, I had, I, I ended up fixing stuff. And so yeah. they're like, oh, well, Hey, we're going to promote you to this and that. And I'm just <laughs> like, oh man. So, you know, why not just that's start amazing. your own company yes. and so uh it's been a very it, it's been a blessing you know it ups and downs just like everything of course. but uh yeah. trade schools you know and that goes back to i mean we were taught how to change a tire for example in mm-hmm. school i mean they they went through the motions how to change a tire how to sew we had to yeah. make our own pillows yes. we had to cook and, yeah exactly so <laughs> yeah. but you don't see a lot of that now you don't and, and we can tell yeah that you, re- is, you that is definitely lacking can you definitely can tell and that's um that's that that's not a good thing at it's all not, because how not. are we preparing our children if they can't have the common skill of right. I mean sewing for example a lot of people look at that and be like well why do I need to know how to sew well I mean it, again if my suit you know mm-hmm. if the button was to fall off do I want to go pay somebody you know or can I just take a needle and thread it and it yourself. take me you know two yeah. to three minutes and it's done and self-reliance self-reliance that's, that's it. what we have got to get our students to to hone in on yeah. self-reliance and and not relying so much on you know somebody else mm-hmm. to do it for you you know so that's that's why i'm so big on on trade school my husband is in the electrical engineering field and, okay um so my my children even though you know i have a doctorate in education i would never discourage either of my children, I actually think my oldest is is going to pursue something within the two-year field. He loves music production. Oh, that's, yeah. um, and uh, so, I, you know, I always encourage him, son, you don't have to attend a four-year college. That was your mom's choice. I mm-hmm. made that decision to do that. Um, and, and I'm so proud of him, whatever path he takes, you know, as long as he is trying his hardest and he's going to, you know, develop a skill, mm-hmm. a trade, um, I always say it's nothing wrong with using your hands. That's right. God gave you your hands to use them and, and, and be creative. So um, I definitely want the children of South Carolina to know that there is absolutely no shame in not attending a four year. That's right. And so um, just hearing that support from you, like I say, so like all everything that I have formed, it just I, I see it. And the more the more we, we get into it, I can truly tell that where your heart is yeah. set and that's and that's with the children you know the education and just just humble and and, and a godly woman like i i truly um it's that's amazing and i think that literally you would make a great superintendent of I education with just with i mean what what you're seeking out the mentorship mm-hmm. i mean 
again, that that is how you take something and you plant that seed. Plant the seed. And, it, right. and it grows into mm-hmm. the community because then they're going to start checking on this. I mean, yep. it's muscle memory. That's right. And so that's stuff like that, initiatives, getting people involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, again, you can tell the lack of involvement that we yeah. have because it, it, like you say, it shows. So mm-hmm. getting that stuff put together that's what's important. It's so important. You know, my son took a finance class this year, well, this past semester. Um, it was through Dave Ramsey. And mm-hmm. he said, Mom, everybody should have to take this course. He was so excited to learn about how to manage his money. You know, he had a, a job this past summer. And it was his first job. He was washing dishes. And just just that experience developed so much in him you know, the the work ethic and getting up and going to work, even when you don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't as if he had to go. It was, I want to work because I want to know what it's like. You yeah. know, I see you and dad going in see, that's every awesome. day and I want to know what it feels like. And then to take that course and understand about how to do your taxes, how to write a check. You know, mm-hmm. some of the things that as adults we take for granted, um, especially those who are 40, 40 and up, we we learned to write in cursive. We learned to write checks. We did. We did. And, they know, don't this, even have that in school no more. They don't. So, so like, do you know why they took that out? Oh, a lot of it has to do with um, that push we saw for Common Core. Mm -hmm. And um, although I was not a part of that, being an art teacher, I saw the repercussions of it with my own children. You know, when we Cursive taps into the creative side of your brain. So it's It's no different. That's That's what what I'm saying. Yeah. So (laughs) it's no different in going and taking an art class Mm -hmm. or painting a pit. Like it seriously, it taps into the same part of your brain. And it's very important. How are they going to write a check? How are they going to sign an apartment lease, a car lease? I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. it's something that we've had to teach our children. Uh, So I have three that are homeschooled Mm -hmm. and my oldest daughter, she graduates in, you know, this year. So in a few months. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Yeah. She's been, um, she's a trooper, but it's just one of those things we're doing college applications. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it says, you know, sign and print. And it's like, okay, you can't print and print. That's right. You know, anyone can do that, but your signature Signature. is unique to you as a person. And the fact that they would take it out of school. Well, the Gibson household, we did not remove it. That's right. And see, that's good. (laughs) We we made sure that, uh, that they were exposed and that they still practice because it's so important. So I definitely want to seek out making finance a finance course a requirement for graduation um, not only will it equip better equip students to be productive citizens but it's a skill that you need you need to know how to file your taxes you oh, need you to know how to, to budget yeah, so for sure i think that's something that's that's definitely vital i mean i spoke earlier about the drug prevention program um, i'm really interested in how how that can be implemented to serve um, our students especially coming off the heels of of COVID 19. yeah um, but, and I, I realized too early on that Woodson actually has a character education or character development program that is, I think, really important. I remember um, going through character education. I think I was in probably fifth or sixth grade and it was a, a pullout course. And um, I think it was like maybe one, nine weeks, mm-hmm. but they focused on building your character. And I think that's one thing that we are, we're missing you know, and teachers wonder, yeah. you know, gosh, why why are these kids <laughs> the way they are? You know, they're so disrespectful. They're so this and that. But we're not 
really helping them build that character, especially if it's not being modeled at That's home. Right. Um, so those are some of the and things we're, that we're also do. teaching them, you know, how to hate one another exactly. and, and, and be device, uh, divisive. So it's just like, you know, do you not think that that's going to come full circle and, 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 and bleed over into that person teaching it as well? Because it is, I mean, it it's is. like throwing spaghetti on the wall until it sticks. I mean, <laughs> so once it's stuck, that's, that's it. So you're going to deal with that as the teacher too, mm -hmm. but then you're going to complain and say, Oh, well, this student is unruly and I can't do this and that. Well, <laughs> you, you know, so it's, it's a two way street there. You know, it, it really is. And I think when, when we talk about divisiveness and we talk about, you know, what, what we've been seeing over the past couple of years, um, we, we really need to, to take it seriously because we are shaping and molding the future and we don't want to go backwards. That's why we study history so that we do not repeat it. Um, and I, I speak from a place of, of just pure, um, I guess just just really honestly truly wanting what is what is best. My parents are products of of uh, integration. My dad integrated uh, Springfield High, and you know he always says, you know I faced real racism. I faced you know real hate, mm -hmm. and um, he he told stories of how he was stabbed. You know trying oh to to get an education. You know and told you know written on his transcript do not accept to college no no chance of success and things like that to me are real racism yeah that you know? is for sure um, and to to have been raised by both he and, he and my my mom both she did not necessarily integrate in Orangeburg County but she she went during the time where you know they had to give two scholarships one for you know the scholarship had to be split and her art scholarship was split between her and another Caucasian young lady and so you know those those are the things that they walked through so that we would not have to repeat you know being divisive and mm -hmm. and that's why I I am not. I'm a supporter of CRT at all. Yeah, I was going to ask you about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I tell people that, you know, I say, oh, Kizzy, how long have you, you know, been against CRT? It's not so much being against CRT. It's that my entire life simply defies that theory. Mm -hmm. it, it, it dispels it. You know, I've not allowed anything, you know, let alone my race to stop me from achieving my goals. You know, hard work, grit having great mentors, you know, from the start. I, Of course, my parents have always been, you know, the loudest voice. But I remember teachers from fifth grade, Miss Green, mm -hmm. seventh and eighth grade, Miss Nalamti, Miss um, Berry, you know, Miss Mary Amos. I can, I can just go on and on of teachers who really poured into me and believed in me. And I spoke of uh, Miss Alice Carson uh, Tisdale from Claflin University, who I remember she read the story by Dr. Seuss, Oh, the Places You'll Go. Okay. And I, I heard that story, you know, plenty of times before that, but it was the way she read it. I felt as if she was speaking directly to me mm. and I knew I could go anywhere. I could be anyone I wanted to be. And it had That's nothing right. to do with, you know, my background, you know, my socioeconomic status. It had nothing to do with, you know, my skin color. It was, Kizzy, what do you want to be in life? And how are you going to get there? How are you going to achieve those goals? There you go. And I think if we, as a society, pour that message into our children, mm -hmm. that no matter the resistance, you work hard, you persevere, you know, and then I rely heavily, heavily on my faith 
yes. in Christ. I mean, I don't hide that. I don't feel that I should have to. That's right. I'm even in the public eye. I am who I am as as a believer in Christ. And um, I'm right there with you. You know, you can I go really to my am. my webpage for the campaign, and I've literally framed my campaign platform in scripture because it is that important to me. It is. There was there was one that uh, speaking of that, it was Proverbs eighteen fifteen, and this is on this is on your campaign page. So guys, like I highly recommend you check it out. But so Proverbs eighteen fifteen, embracing uh, lifelong learning and applying critical thinking skills in your life's pursuit are essential to building a rewarding life. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that you you're able to take scripture and and tie it into messages like that that's that's awesome that's awesome and it goes back to i asked um uh, it was an interview maybe two interviews ago um about having you know prayer put back in schools Mm -hmm. and things like that because i believe you know the moment we took god out of the school system we allowed the devil to come in and you know um so it's something that i think we should have like it, it was taught before this is what mm-hmm. our founding fathers believed and they that's came right. over here and it was about you know uh god that's right faith it was it was you know country and so we we, we need to kind of get back to the basics and again block out all of the the, the negative narratives that are being pushed yeah. down everyone's throat because it, it's it is it's, it's about unity and 2020 should have showed us that mm-hmm. because we did more as a society together mm-hmm. than i think we have in a very long time yeah you apart. had yeah you had people helping neighbors i mean going across you know we we did so much food share mm-hmm. you know uh, i mean tens of thousands of boxes of food we gave away all the time right out here in the parking lot and from mask uh all kinds of stuff but you you just had people doing things like that and they weren't looking for nothing in return that's right it was and just you know, helping it's amazing because when we talk about those type of initiatives um reaching out and and unifying that that starts to at home first and then we see it in the faith-based community. I mean, that that's why I want to incorporate faith-based community into that mentorship program. It's called Pastors of Promise, where they come in as mentors and not necessarily to, um, you know, evangelize mm-hmm. necessarily, but to just display those character traits that we want children to have. That's forgiveness, right. hope, faith, you know, love, mm-hmm. all of those things which are so important um, to make a society work. I remember when I was at Orangeburg Wilkinson in the late 90s, there was a club called First Priority, and it was a faith-based club. Um, and we had children from all different walks of life who, out of curiosity, came in, you know, and sometimes we'd have food. So they would might have been hungry, maybe mm-hmm. didn't have dinner that night. And they came in not really seeking the what we were offering, but came back week after week. And we became literally became a family unit of all races, all genders. And uh, we had mentors who were part of the faith-based community. I'm in Orangeburg who came in and um, one man, one young man in particular was fatherless. And um, he really formed a bond with one of the mentors. And that mentor ended up adopting him as his son. And to this day, you know, we were in our 40s and he still considers that man who was a mentor, a father to him. And it's those type of things that we we want to see within the walls yes, of a school do. where children have that place where they feel like 
you know, even if you look different from me, you sound different from me, you're still my family. That's right. And that's so important. So um, I definitely agree with you about, cause we, we prayed in school, mm-hmm. you know, within, within that, that program. And um, FCA was there as well. And that was mainly geared towards athlete, um, athletes, but first priority was anybody, mm-hmm. you know, anyone who, who was seeking that, that love, that assurance, that support, could come in and, and be a part of that. So those programs like that are so important. And um, as well as the patriotic programs, there, there's uh, one in particular that um have my eye on, I'm following. Um, and right now it's, it's in schools as a club and it's to help build a sense of patriotism. We and, need, definitely yeah, need that. And being proud that you're an American. That's, that's it. We used to be, I mean, I am, I know you yeah. are like we, everyone in this room, we, we're definitely proud to be an yeah. American and, I tell folks all the time, you know, we're not a we're not a perfect country, but we Absolutely are the greatest not. country yes. in this world. Yes. And um, you know, I I sit here and I see again so much stuff when our American flag. Because I asked, uh, we had a senator, state senator, Penry Gustafson, on yesterday, mm-hmm. and so we were talking about having the the state flag, the American flag, and the mottos, you know, in the schools mm-hmm. and things like that. And so there's actually legislation going on with that. And so where it will be required that the motto, the state flag mm-hmm. and the American flag is on display in every school and in South Carolina. It, it does because, it but it also needs to, we need to figure out a way. And I know this is out um, because colleges kind of operate in their own little realm, mm-hmm. but whenever you have colleges that are, cause it's heavily, I mean, uh, I think colleges is, is almost, the straw that breaks the camel's back when you you send your kids off there. Mm -hmm. And now it's gotten to a point where you have to really do your research because I've talked to parents and they're, you know, they raise their kids a certain way Mm -hmm. and then they go to college and then they come home and they're completely brainwashed. And Mm -hmm. they're just like the parents, they, their exact words was, you know, Brandon, I didn't know my daughter when she come back home. And I was just like, wow, you know, but instead of loving their country or teaching that mm-hmm. they were teach they were being taught to hate their country and you know god isn't real don't believe in that mm-hmm. you're wasting your time with that and it's just like serious like this is what you're doing so mm-hmm. in my mind i think we need to pull funding you know whether it whether it's on a, a state level a federal level i don't care who pays for it mm-hmm. but we need to pull it because this is america and whenever you're in American classrooms, whatever, our flag should be proudly displayed. You should want to see that flag everywhere. And when you pull it from a campus because you're afraid that, you know, it offends people, then it's just like, I think you're in the wrong location, you know, and that's how I feel on that. I truly do. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely for making sure that that our children have an appreciation and an understanding of of our country. Um, So on that on that note, I do want to kind of shift gears a little bit to educator support. Um, and as an educator, I know that one of the, the greatest needs is is for content relative professional development. And I know, you know, it's, it's on such a broad spectrum when it comes from the State Department, mm-hmm. um, what's what's there for teachers. But I think teachers are, are very eager to get back to teaching what they went to school to teach. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and having 
professional development that is geared toward teaching your content, better equipping you to do that um, is, is one of the, the greatest, one of the greatest needs. And then um, instructional assistance. I think we've we've belittled that position because they're they're non-certified staff, but at the end of the day, they touch your children just like a certified staff person mm-hmm. would, and their role is extremely important. Um, so I would love to see um, instructional assistance not just in 4K or 5K, but also in first grade, um, because that student to teacher ratio is so high at it that is. point. Um, it, what would hurt in having an extra set of eyes, extra set of hands um, to to help in that area. And then also um, I, I was talking with some of my colleagues about having an instructional assistant for each grade level in um, elementary school. Mm-hmm. And that would alleviate some of the the task oriented things that that teachers are doing. It would free up a little bit of the planning time. So it's spent on planning time and, you know, development, things of that nature. But just ideas that people who are in the trenches every day say, this would help me. Yes. You know, if, if we could implement something like this, this would help me. Um, of course, increased p- parent partnership. We we definitely want to see um, partnerships form between teachers and and parents and an accountability for, for student behavior on the parent end. That's, that that's really crucial. important. That goes back um, to what I said earlier about the child, you know, and this little, this, this little dude, he wasn't, um, oh man, he was in 4k. So, I mean, he was young, mm-hmm. young. And, you know, when he started cussing at his teacher, it's just like, whoa. And then yeah. the mom took like it wasn't a problem Mm. it wasn't an issue and she flipped out that day in the office and i'm just standing there and i wanted to say ma'am you know Mm -hmm. like did you not hear what the teacher just said your son called her Mm -hmm. and you just lit into her like you know she burnt your house down or something (laughs) and so that sends this you know again it it does start in the home but it, it sends mixed signals to the kid because the mom is saying it's okay. Mm-hmm. The teachers, the principal, everyone at everyone is saying, no, that's not okay. And yeah. I'm pretty sure if you went to grandma's house, she would tell you <laughs> not it's okay. not okay. <laughs> and you know, yeah. So it's important that we, yeah. we do because, and, and that goes back to um, knowing when you're ready to have kids versus mm-hmm. just having kids. And yeah. you know, that's a topic for a whole nother, Absolutely. whole nother thing there. Yeah. But um, yeah, so you definitely, it's, it's, it's a never ending thing. I mean, morning, mm-hmm. noon, I have four, yeah. like I say, and they were born May, June, and July. So oh, wow. yes, my, my birthday's <laughs> in April and then it goes May, June, and July. They was all two years apart. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, That's yes, ma'am. And so our hands have been full and you know, my hat's off to my wife because you know, my son's been homeschooled from day one, mm-hmm. but my, my, my middle daughter, she'll be 16 in June. So she, uh, she started homeschooling in 2019 and then obviously, you know, 2020, yeah. every, everyone did that. But, um, my oldest daughter, well, she was going to stay on and she was going to do, you know, the homeschool thing, uh, but she was actually given the option. And I didn't think it was fair because, you know, you know, the STEM program, right? Mm-hmm. So you graduate with an associate's mm-hmm. degree from college yep. and then you graduate high school. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she's been doing that. And so leading up to that, since she's been in fifth grade, she is given away every summer. Mm-hmm. and she has went to school and she's done after school oh, programs tests yes it's fifth grade i, mm-hmm. I would have you couldn't have paid me to do that <laughs> any I amount mean, right no like um, it was hard enough to even get me 
to sit in the classroom yeah. on a normal day, much less my summertime. No, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, if there was a debate, which I love debating people. Mm -hmm. So I was always there, but that was something that I felt like they should have picked up on and like, mm -hmm. okay, so let's get like, he wants to be yes. challenged. And that's my thing. I yes. have to be challenged. And I tell my wife that all the time. It's just like, Hey, you know, like I've got to be challenged. And mm -hmm. that's why when people say you can't do that and I'm just like, okay, well check back with me in a month or so. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> yeah, because you know, I know, I know I serve a mighty God. Amen. And um, so yeah, anything's possible through mm -hmm. him. But um, she was given the option to either, stay home and continue her final year online mm -hmm. or go back to school. But the catch was if she stayed home, all of the college credits that she had built up, all the extra uh, time, all of that, she would lose it. No. And yeah. Yeah. And oh so she wouldn't be able to uh, get her associate's degree from college. And so naturally, yeah. you know, the she chose, yeah, the choice mm -hmm. was made and, and it was forced upon her honestly, because uh, she wasn't like, yeah, she wanted to, she wanted to, to stay home. And so, um, she graduates in a few months and like I said, I'm really proud of her, but, um, it just wasn't, I didn't feel like it was a, it was a fair, a fair decision right yeah. there because it's like, how can you like, that's not even a choice. Like, yeah. why would she give all that up? And mm -mm. so little things like that, you know, we have to be better involved and, um, kind of, look through yeah. there's so much when it goes back to what you said at the beginning it's not going to happen you know when you're elected it's it, it isn't going to happen overnight it mm -hmm. isn't going to happen in a week or a month mm -hmm. it it all this stuff takes time and it does but it yeah. you will start to see progress oh, yeah. and that's Absolutely. the main thing and then once you see that like again i i encourage all you guys listening get involved especially those there's a lot of parents that listen but mm -hmm. get involved and and a lot of them are, but we, we need to be more active and we need to get in the community too and seek out, it goes back to your mentorship, yes. you know, seek out those mm -hmm. that need the help in the community and, 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 and reach out and help them. I mean, look, mm -hmm. it might start with a friendly game of basketball. You might That's see right. some kids playing ball, go ahead. I mean, just introduce yourself, see if you could play a couple games and you might not get nothing out of them the first mm -hmm. couple times you play but they're going to start building that trust up because you're, That's you're right. a teammate, you know? Mm -hmm. So it starts like that. We're on the same team. We're playing ball together. Exactly. Right. And then afterwards you get into, they'll start opening up and, and that's how it's been for me. Mm -hmm. So that's just my personal experience. And they'll start opening up because they feel comfortable and it's comfortable. like, Oh, Mr. Pete, that's Oh, can right. you take me to the store? You know, or can you drop me off at home? Sure. Yep. I, I got you. And then on that car ride is when they start talking and then yep. you're able to enter, you know, slide in your, your, your experience. And mm -hmm. like I can tell them, I'm not your mother or your father. I can just tell you exactly. where I've been in life and yep. what has helped me get to where I'm at. And these are some of the deciding factors that That's I had right. to deal with. So, so true. yeah. You know, I've uh, looked at some of, some of the other areas where teachers could use the support. Of course, we always talk about, you know, salary, increasing salary yes, and lower student to teacher ratio. Um, but Teachers also need mentors, mm -hmm. you know, and, and we see that, you know, when you're a new teacher, you get a, a, a mentor. I remember my first mentor, Miss Farmer, um, down in Hampton County, and um, I'm still in contact with her today, but I don't even know if she realizes, you know, how much she spoke into me as a brand new teacher, how she encouraged me. And it, it was invaluable. And so when it was my turn, you mm -hmm. know, to mentor a new teacher, and it, it, it just 
again, that that seed had already been planted. I knew what I needed. So I was able to give it to another teacher. And I'm proposing that we we encourage that teacher mentorship into, you know, of course, beyond the fifth year. You mm-hmm. know, you're never too advanced or too expert to not be mentored. I think you always need to be learning and oh, having a listening sure. yeah. ear. Um, I think that's so important, especially in, you know, leadership roles. You have to have the ability to listen and think critically about what you're hearing and then make decisions based on on that. But um want to definitely encourage parents, volunteer, volunteer, volunteer. You know, we definitely missed the presence of our volunteer parents in the school during the pandemic and not having them there. Um, so definitely want to, to keep that at the forefront. That leads me in how I plan to support parents as superintendent of education for South Carolina. I believe in parent choice and parent voice, meaning parent school like choice yeah. and um, parent voice being heard. Um, I want to provide opportunities and encourage parents to volunteer for school, for the school board, of course, and for uh, within the classroom, for PTA, um, office help, et cetera. Um, as you can imagine, it's so many turning wheels within uh, the, the school mm-hmm. and parents are, are vital in making those wheels turn properly and ma- maintaining the oil that needs to be placed on them. Um, so one thing that was brought to my attention was uh, some of the reading material that's mm-hmm. within the walls of the school um, and some of the resources that students use every day for their learning. I um, mean, I felt it would be wise to put parental filters in place for um, things that their child can check out from the library or or resources that that, you know they can tap into when they are um, doing research on things and I think as a parent that's it's it's your right as the parent the main caregiver to to filter what your child is reading and what resources they they have available um, to them so that's something I definitely want to dive into and look at what uh, other states are doing Mm -hmm. um to to give parents that that parental control back again and what about with Um, testing because i I had a parent tell me that um you know how they'll they'll do these uh these little these tests they're not graded but it it it, i guess it it gives them an idea or a baseline mm -hmm. to see where the where the kid's at right Mm -hmm. and so a parent saw that her child gotten a bad grade Mm -hmm. right or didn't score high, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it did not line up with his other grades on in other tests. So the parent was really concerned, mm-hmm. was like, well, man, you know, what kind of test was this that, yeah. you know, it, it, it seriously changed everything. And so this isn't lining up. So she spoke to the teacher and the teacher said, oh, don't worry about that. That doesn't go against him. You know, he'll be okay. It, it, it's not that doesn't count against his grade. And so she said, yeah, but mm-hmm. his score was his score. That's yeah. not going to change. So I would like to know what my son was tested on. Mm-hmm. And well, w- we can't give you that information. And so, you know, she didn't even know the questions that her sons were, or her son was asked in that test. And then I mean, it got to a to a point where there was a Freedom of Information Act, if I'm not mistaken, gonna, filed on that. I and gonna, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. but that's 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 and that was the that's what the school system had put in place. And that went all the way from the board of trustees. So that went through every channel 
to make sure that those questions were covered up. And, you know, I think that there is a level of, of transparency that is, is needed. And if you couldn't reveal the exact question, could you tell us, you know, what was what was the content of the question? Mm-hmm. You know what? So that the parent is given some insight on on, you know, well, what can I do? to help my child in this area because clearly the parent wanted to be involved. They wanted to know how to help their child um, with, because assessments are important. Mm -hmm. You know, it's our way of gauging what the child has learned um, and and a way of gauging, you know, where we need more support and reinforcement, things of that nature. That's right. Um, So yes, transparency, transparency is so important um, even with assessments um, because we we've seen where things have been slipped in. through test questions or writing prompts. And as a parent, you should have access to that. But on the flip side, I do understand why the exact question was not given because of test security reasons, things of that nature. You don't want, you know, because a lot of times they do reuse the same questions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if you have a child who, you know, may take that test a year from now, then they now have access to, you know, that secure test information. So I get that side of the education side of it, but I also get the parental side of it where I want to know. Well, and see, <laughs> coming coming from me, I, like when you said that, my mind straight went to an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement. So if mm-hmm. you really want to know, I'll show you, but mm-hmm. there are guidelines that we have to follow. And we re, so take the fire That's academy, right. for example, mm-hmm. if, if we're at the fire academy and we're taking a test, right? Everyone in the in the room has the same test, but mm-hmm. my A, B, C, you know, and D yes, is going to be different than different. yours. Right. Same question. Mm-hmm. It's just the answers are, are switched yeah. up. So, you, you know, those tests are reused mm-hmm. over and over and over. But on, on an educational level, I can see, just like you said, a year or so goes by, they have another one come up. Oh, well, here I got, let me tell you, this test yeah. is going to be nothing. And now they're going to get that high grade that they were looking and for. And it's not accurate. Exactly. Yeah. So, so if you sit there and you sign a non-disclosure agreement saying, hey, I'll show you the test and I'll show you just what we tested your son or we, we gave an assessment on your son. Here's an NDR. You need to sign this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, an NDA, you need to sign. And yeah. so because we do reuse these at some point or whatever, however mm-hmm. they need to phrase it. But there's so many legal guidelines or legal things that we can put in place. Put in place. Exactly. Yep, like that non-disclosure. That yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's just, you know, we have to get to the board first and foremost mm-hmm. and we have to sit at the table. You know, you can't you can't start the conversation if we're not together in the room. Yeah. And that's right. Like it goes back to what you said earlier, getting them involved mm-hmm. and volunteering. You know, we, we get them back in the system, you know, back active yep. parents, volunteers, everything. And so, um, yeah, I, I, it's very, very important. I just I, I wholeheartedly as a parent believe that we have fundamental rights to direct, number one, the upbringing and education of our children. And with with that, you know, framing what I believe as a, a parent, um, I do believe that parents should have um, medical choice. You should not be mandated to give your child a COVID-19 shot. I just, I, I mean, there's so many medical reasons. Yes, we don't know um, and, enough and about And freedom it. reasons why you, you, you just should not be mandated to do that. And even as a, a teacher, you know, you know your health best, you know your child's health best. Um, and, and that kind of leads into mask wearing. And I'm, I'm so grateful that we are now back where in, in a, a state where we're 
you know, realizing that they were not as helpful. They made you feel safe, Mm -hmm. you know, from appearances. However, we now know that um, they did not serve their intended purpose um, at all. Mm -mm. And, you know, if we think back to, to, I guess it was late February, March, we were told that they did not work and no, you do not need masks. And then all of a sudden, now you need two, yes. you know, for one, what wasn't, so, wasn't, wasn't going to work. So now, yeah. now, now put two of them on that yeah. way, you know, that that's going to help you out. And I've always said, you know, if you don't have a self-contained breathing apparatus, <laughs> which is an SCBA, then, and that's what, you know, hazard material, what you saw in, in, in the mm-hmm. hospitals. And mm-hmm. so if you don't have something that's either recirculating air or something that is supplying air, mm-hmm then that's the only safe way to keep it is an airborne pathogen yeah. is in and, and it's like i said this will it, it won't go away it's mm-hmm. going to become a common flu yep. we'll know how to deal with it we've mm-hmm. learned more and more every day that's why history is so important that's right and um yeah so it's it's one of those things but i think that you know i see a lot of um a lot of covid vaccines uh sites being popped up on school ground property mm-hmm. And it's something that I'm not a fan of because mm-hmm. it goes back to indoctrinating these children and making mm-hmm. them think that it's okay. But yet they're at home and their family have sat, they've discussed mm-hmm. it, talked about it. But then when they go to school, this is being thrown at them. And it's, it's, it's like, uh, it's like propaganda. So mm-hmm. if you like, what would be your thoughts on that on, on, you know, shot testing and, and, and vaccination facilities being hosted on school ground property? Well, I, as a elementary school teacher, I am not seeing that in particular. My daughter is in middle school. I've not seen it there. But however, my son is in high school and I know that they, they are you know, present on high school campuses. As a critical thinker, you know, we, we've taught our children to think critically about things and we talk to them daily. They've not been swayed, you know, mm-hmm. by seeing it there. However, you know... I can only speak for my my children. The, the, the masses, like you said, they may not be as informed mm-hmm. and they may not have, you know, parents who are involved and speak to them on a daily about, you know, current issues. And so, yes, that their presence there could sway, you know, without that child, you know, having any access to, you know, a parental voice. Um, so I am not in favor of it. Um, however, I'm sure there are folks out there who are a okay with it, but yeah. I'm I'm not. I feel that you know that's a medical decision. It is, and you know if you want to consult your 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 pediatrician <laughs> about that, you can do so. Or you know there are places Walgreens, CVS who give it. So, I mean, the need for it at on the school grounds is it's just why you have to ask the question why you do why is it there? Yep. Um, I know this. Oh, it's about access. Well, there's a Walgreens on every corner. There's a CVS on every corner. There's you know, there are health centers. Parks. You know, yeah. health centers everywhere. So there, there are other places that you could you could place that. That's right. Um, for people who who were seeking the the vaccine or the the COVID nineteen shot. Um, but one thing that that I learned during my days in in uh, Orangeburg was I had gone back to do some research when I was working on my doctorate and. One of the teachers that I spoke with, she said, oh, I, I ride the bus in the morning. And I thought, 
what bus? We don't have a, a bus system in Orange Road. She said, no, I ride the school bus. I'm a school bus monitor. I said, really? And they implemented this program to help bus drivers, mm -hmm. you know, with, with behavior issues. Because, yes. you know, you can become very distracted when you have 20 kids on the bus and you're trying to drive it safely Ooh. and they're, you know, misbehaving. So they, they implemented, you know, having teachers you know, the bus comes and picks them up in the morning first and then they go the rest of their route and they serve as just an extra set of eyes to help, you know, with with behavior. And I thought, why are we not implementing that statewide? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's something that we definitely could use um, sure. to just to help bus drivers because their job is 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 very important. They're carrying precious gifts mm -hmm. <laughs> to school every morning. So that's something I definitely want to dive more into and see if that's something that would be a good fit for, for South Carolina. I um, think so. I mean, yeah. I do. I, I like that idea. I know Fairfield's tried it and um, I don't know if it's still active, honestly, mm -hmm. but this was back, you know, when I was going to school yeah. up there. Um, but yeah, it's uh, like you said, I mean, I four kids in the back seat. Woo, I couldn't. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's <laughs> mine. So uh, I couldn't imagine, you know, being a, a bus driver. But you have yeah. the chatter, you have everything, so you already mm -hmm. have to block that out. But then, you know, if there's anything else that happens, someone needs to be able to get yes. up and respond without a bus driver. I mean, acts they wrecks. Yep. I mean, there's all kind of things that that would eliminate. And so, uh, yeah, I like that a lot. And one thing I think parents would really um, would offer support to them. I have an initiative that um, is re really near and dear to me. It's called Soft Targets No More. And if you think about our school system, they are schools are considered soft targets. Mm -hmm. You know, some have a school res resource officer that you know kind of walks through. But at any point, someone with not good intentions could come on campus and cause harm. That's right. Um, so I, I really want to see, especially on the high school and middle school level, the implementation of uh, implementation, excuse me, of um, metal detectors and dads on duty like Louisiana did um, to, to kind of serve. I saw that. I like that. Yes. I saw that. That was awesome. It really was. So yeah. just thinking of, of, of really framing, how do we keep our, kids safe how do we keep yeah. our teachers safe when um, it goes back to the legislators so and this is what i'll tell you know every legislator that that's listening i don't a representative senator governor it doesn't matter to me mm -hmm. but those people walk through a metal detector every mm -hmm. day when they go to work that's everyone right. every time i go to the state house mm -hmm. i walk through a metal detector empty out my pockets i have yep. a face full of metal so there's 13 plates and 208 screws mm -hmm. and They've, they've gotten to know me now mm -hmm. because I'm in there so much. So they know I literally have to hold my hands up in the air as I walk through. And that way, when the metal detector goes off, it only shows that it's, yep. you know, up here mm -hmm. from my shoulders above. And that's and that's it. And they're safe. So they make sure they have mm -hmm. metal detectors. So why can't our children have that same security. That's right. You and know? you said you, when you were in high school, you mm -hmm. all had them. We had them as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sure did. Yeah. Work, we so. had them and, and we got pat down. Like, you know, you didn't have to empty your pockets out or mm -hmm. nothing like that, but you went through the metal detector and they, they, they touched the front and the back of your pockets to make yeah. sure you didn't have nothing. I mean, cigarettes or, you know, uh, weed, mm -hmm. whatever the case may be that, yeah, that happened. And they brought a dog in mm -hmm. one, once a month. Yeah. And they didn't tell you. And all of a sudden you'd be in the classroom and then they would just say, OK, guys, That's line right. up in the hallway. <laughs> so you couldn't do nothing. And mm -hmm. then the dog would go in, do its thing. And yeah. then, you know, yeah. So it was again, 
I think a lot of, and it goes back to history, why it's so important. You Mm -hmm. know, it doesn't matter if it's a 200 years ago, a hundred years ago, or, you know, last year, Mm -hmm. it always teaches us something That's right. we can learn. It's, it's always a lesson there. We don't have to like history. We don't have to hate history. It's not meant for neither one of those is meant to teach us something. Right. It's meant to learn. And, and, and that's why, uh, again, I'm a very big, you know, advocate for saving history mm-hmm. and, and, you know, all of it, the good, the bad, that's the right. ugly, you know, no whitewashing. If we're going to teach it, teach it all. Teach it all. Yeah. That's right. That's right. But through a lens, I think of, of forgiveness. And then of course, highlighting, you know, the resilience of, of those who were enslaved people mm-hmm. and, you know, I always say someone made a sacrifice for me to even have DR in front of my name. Mm-hmm. Someone made that sacrifice that That's looks right. like me and who doesn't look like me. Mm-hmm. You know, my opportunity at Claflin University, Mr. Claflin was not an African-American. So he he established that college for women and African-Americans. Mm-hmm. And because of that. You have Dr. Kizzy Gibson. Yeah, that's awesome. So you can't forget that history out of wanting to make someone else pay for maybe something that was done that was wrong in the past to your ancestors. You have to have that lens of forgiveness and um, retribution. You know, mm-hmm. I forgive you. I forgive what happened. Let's just move forward. And that's so important to me. You know, I am an African-American female. My husband is a Caucasian male. We have biracial children. And it's so important for us to make sure that we're establishing a society that is going to be unified. Mm-hmm. Um, so just that little tidbit into to why it's so important. That's right. Um, and I'm sure there are many households that mirror mine mm-hmm. in, in America and in South Carolina. I like it. Yes, ma'am. Definitely been a great conversation. Absolutely. And I just, um, I've learned so much. And uh, again, is there any, so we we covered a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, was there anything else that you wanted to to go over or discuss? And um, I just have one more thing about the, um, the pay scholarship versus the ESA. If you look at them side by side, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, kind of obvious that the pay scholarship mm-hmm. seems like it's really great and it's, it's great. the oldest yeah. you know proven it goes back to 1997 you know if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. so it's it has a proven track record it does it and does. i saw today uh where it was actually tabled so mm. they're not even you know like it's wow yeah it's and and uh yeah i got a few emails and all you know That's everyone's name you yeah. know that 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 didn't do it or so when it comes to programs like that, like where, where would you stand when it comes to school choice? I am definitely an advocate for school choice. Um, I earned my degree and well, my college, not college, excuse me. You have to cut that part. (laughs) I earned my high school um, diploma through public school. Mm -hmm. Um, I attended public school most of my life. I think I spent two years in um, private school in middle school, but School choice is vitally important Mm -hmm. in South Carolina, and I'm definitely on board with parents having that choice. You know, you know your child best, and that option really needs to be in place. I was in favor of PACE. Mm -hmm. I'm very disheartened that it was tabled. Um, It it was real school choice. Yeah. The the whole package. And um, 
you know, hopeful that South Carolina will eventually make the right decision in terms of school choice. Um, and one thing I did not mention is, and I, I maybe I did, um, that I'm not for for mandates of any kind. Yeah. Um, and that that falls under that umbe- umbrella of um, parental support mm-hmm. and and parent choice. But again, one thing that I feel separates me from the other candidates is that I, I've been given by God a very unique view, multifaceted view, being a parent with children. I'm currently in school. We've all walk through COVID together as parent and children and and then as an an educator, having walked through that and then being a conservative leader. You know, I've I've had many leadership roles in the um, conservative movement here in South Carolina. And I just feel that that having those three unique views of education is, is really important. That human element, really understanding the human element that's involved in what we call education is so important. Yes, it Um, is. So that's, I think that's it. Yeah. Well, that was, that was good. And like I say, um, just, I appreciate all the work that, that you're doing. And again, being a teacher, like I, I applaud you and, and, you. you know, we need more teachers like, yes. like you in the system. <laughs> I mean, I seriously, I, I mean that wholeheartedly because, um, you, you just, you, you do have a great outlook on life and, um, everyone sees sees things different but what we touched on i feel like everyone can relate to that Mm -hmm. because it's just honest and it's just up front and there's there's no buffering in between it's just straightforward like let's cut out all of the politics and let's focus on the issues take your numbers we'll look at that some (laughs) other time but like it starts with a conversation. That's right. It does. And then you, like I say, it might, you might not get it the first or second one, but you're eventually, you're going to find that root. And when yep. you find that root, then you can start to nurture that plant and, right. and help it grow. And That's so right. just like our children, I see them like, like, again, like plants, mm-hmm. we get them as a seed, we nurture them, we That's feed right. them, we take care of them. And then we watch them grow. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's, it's very important to have people like you in the system. And, and I'm just, uh, again, um, all my thoughts was just like they were confirmed today. So, uh, yeah, I, I do. Oh, that's good news. Yes, <laughs> ma'am. I, I do. I, I appreciate. I believe I'm looking at the next superintendent. So, wow. Um, yeah. I receive it. Yes. In Jesus name. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Speak it into existence. Right. And, you know, um, just. Yeah. I mean, the humbleness, just everything. I'm, I'm honored to have you here. I really well, am. I am. And, to appreciate the time it's you know it's it's almost seven you know so uh yeah just i i appreciate that i i I truly do and so i know you guys like i say have been extremely busy going around the state and so the (laughs) fact that you were able to come by the studio and join us that that really is an amazing feeling well i am i feel privileged to be here thank you for for inviting me and having me i appreciate your support and encouragement as well Um, i'm looking forward to serving the students, the parents, the educators of South Carolina as their next superintendent of education. Yes, ma'am. And if there's anything that we could ever help you do, you know, don't don't hesitate to uh, to reach out and, and we'll be more than glad to do whatever we can to assist in any way. And so, uh, yeah, is there with your social media links or anything like that you you want to add and we'll yes. put them into the description at the end of the episode. We'll link them. But if you want to give them a shout out so people know where follow you. you can find more information about my platform at kizzygibson.com 
That's K-I-Z-Z-I-G-I-B-S-O-N.com. And we are, I am on Facebook, uh, Dr. Kizzy Gibson for South Carolina Superintendent of Education. I appreciate your support, your prayers, and your monetary support as well. As you know, this is a statewide campaign, uh, so we definitely need all the support we can get. We have to reach the entire state of South Carolina with this positive message for South Carolina education. I totally agree. Totally agree. So, all right, you guys, uh, you heard it here first. That was Kizzy Gibson, and she stopped by to share a platform, and it was truly an honor to uh, meet her and, and, and Pam today and, and hear from her firsthand. And so I hope you guys get behind Kizzy. She, she teaches our children. She's just a great God-fearing, you know, humble person uh, to be around, and I, I speak that from experience. So... Go check out our Facebook and, and check out our website page. And again, any donations can help. Uh, we're going to link all of that in the description below. So once you guys click on the episode, you'll be able to click straight there and it'll take you to all of her platforms. And uh, yeah, we thank you guys for tuning in. And my name is Brandon Peak, and I'm your host of Podcast 1854. This episode was brought to you by Peak's production and the South Carolina Federation of Republican Men. If you guys like what you hear, go ahead and hit that support button. Every little bit helps. Make a small donation, or you could do a monthly contribution from $2.99 to $4.99 to $9.99. The option's up to you, but the support is greatly appreciated. Thank you. Tune in for the next one.